Welcome to Mindset Win Uncut, a version of the podcast where we give you a full-length interview with one amazing guest with no interruptions. This time we meet aerobatic pilot Dario Costa, who made aviation history by flying his single-engine plane at 188 miles an hour through two road tunnels and emerging without a scratch. His Tunnel Pass project won him a place in the Guinness Book of Records and resulted in a video seen by millions. In his episode, Dario talked about pushing the limits of your comfort zone and leaning into fear. But his story was so packed with insights that we felt you deserve to hear his interview in full. My name is Dario Costa. I'm a race and stunt pilot. I've been flying around a lot when I was a little kid. My family, they left Iran uh, the day before the revolution and they left everything. Every time we were going to a place, then a few months and then you move to another one. As a kid, it was quite difficult for me to get used to any place we were stopping by. You don't feel at home in any of those places. But the only thing that was always looking familiar to me was the airplanes that were taking me from a place to the other one and the cars. So my passions were cars and planes. So when I was on a plane, I was in my safe place. I was at home. So then you look out of the window and you realize that there is no limit. There is no border. There is just an unlimited horizon. You can reach whatever you want, no matter what. And to get that feeling consistently in my life, I, the only thing I could do was to keep flying. So I did my best to, to keep doing that as much as possible. But of course, it's very expensive and I was not coming from money, so I didn't have the finances to do it. So I did all I could to make it happen. Then in 2003, while I was attending a, a flying course, a friend of mine just showed me the CD with regular race, one of the very first ones. Then I just fall in love. From that moment on, my aim and my goal was just to become a regular air race pilot. When you want to become a pilot, you go to a course and they teach you how to do it. I was an instructor. That was one of my hundred jobs uh, that I was doing. So teaching is kind of standardized. You can't really go out of the lines. While when you see something that was just born, it is something new, like was the Rebel Air Race in 2003, then you need to put your creativity to get into such a new thing. So you need to open up your mind to some kind of things that have never been done before and nobody is able to teach you because it's so new. So you are kind of being part of something that is uh, pioneering in the field of aviation in this case. So then your mind has completely to change. So when before you were following rules, now you have to help to create rules. What I've been always telling myself was that natural talent doesn't exist. In my case, at least, it's impossible. I mean, nobody can born with skills for flying. You don't have that in your DNA. And because you don't have that in your DNA, then you need to work for make it happen. And what I learned in these years is that when we see somebody very good at something and we justify that saying that it's talent, we are just showing ourselves an excuse not to work hard enough because we don't have an idea of what that guy went through in his childhood, for example. In my house, we were not talking about airplanes, so I was not getting any inputs from anybody. I had to open the book and study. 
So I said, Dario, you just have to keep studying and researching and doing it more and harder than anybody else. And then you will get your passion because that's what is driving the people that we think that has talent to be so good is the passion. If we talk about competition, it's doing a little bit more of what the other competitors you think are doing. For four years, I was behind the scenes of the Red Bull Airways. So I saw how the guys were preparing. And what I realized is that the best pilots were the ones that were doing a little bit more homework. So then you have to find what they do and do just that plus something. And that's kind of a trick that you can apply to everything. The problem is when you go in, for example, overtraining. And in my case, I started the season quite well. I was fourth on the first race and I was on podium in the second race with the best lap. But then the pressure was telling me that if you got to the podium training so hard and preparing yourself so hard, then you just keep doing it and it will work every time. But that was not the case. I started to be always out of the podium till the moment I started to train my mind. I went to a mental trainer and then everything changed. The very first thing that he asked me, he said, till when are you training for a race? And then I was telling me I'm training till the morning. Even on the morning, I'm rehearsing the track mentally and moving my body, you know, and my eyes and trying to rehearse it and and visualize it till the very last moment before I jump in the plane. And he said, okay, next race, you have to stop doing that exactly one week before the race day. And then he told me, how much do you sleep before the race day? And then I said, I just wake up as usual at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and I start rehearsing. He said, okay, if the briefing is at 10 o'clock, I want you to sleep till 9 o'clock. These were the very first things that he told me. And then, of course, switch off your phone. You have to decide a day and that day is the moment where you switch off completely from everything else and you start to just enjoy family and just the peace that is around you and in your house, go for a walk, but don't think about the race. You've been training half of that day. So your reward is there waiting for you, but you cannot risk to overtrain and you cannot risk to get distracted. When I heard this thing, it was shocking for me. I said, are you kidding me? And he said, do you think that it makes sense to study the last seconds before an exam? It makes no sense. If you did well at home, it's enough. Now clear your mind and just wait for the moment and then do what you've been training for. The last minute things are not going to change anything. They're just going to distract you and just going to put more pressure on you. You have to sleep. You have to have the full energy that you need for winning. So these were the very basic tricks that he gave me. And the race that came after, I I just won easily. The tunnel pass idea came when I was 12. My idea was to take off from one tunnel and fly out of it. It was a childhood dream. In that moment of my life, I was going through a real nightmare and I wanted to get out of the nightmare. I wanted to get out from my tunnel. So I took this dream to help myself get out of the nightmare. I knew that it was going to take me some time. I knew that first I had to become a pilot. So this dream literally kept me alive for 29 years. And then finally I turned it into reality. And when I got out of it, it was kind of freedom. The thing was, I need to take off from inside the tunnel. So I need to find a tunnel that is long enough and straight with no turns that I can take off from inside and then fly out of it. It was really, really hard to find it. When Kutlu from Rebu Turkey called me and said, Dario, I think I found the tunnel. It was not one tunnel. It was different section of a highway that were in tunnels. But he wanted to show me just the one for taking off out of it. 
And then when I got there, I saw that after 300 meters, there was this second tunnel of 1.7 kilometers, but it was uphill. So I could not see the exit. And then I said, okay, I will take off out of this. I will continue flying, get into the other one and get out. So instead of doing uh, two world records, we're going to do five. When I saw it, my whole body was shaking. After 28 years, I found what I was looking for when I was 12. I was like, I want to do it tomorrow because I was so worried that someone could stop the project and someone could tell me, no, it's not going to happen. And I kept the secret. Nobody knew it. Just my team and Red Bull, of course. I never thought about asking engineers to help me. I studied physics, so I was really sure that I could do all those calculations by myself. But then Rebel basically saved my life. He sent me an email and said, uh, yeah, Dario, we would like to offer you the support of an engineering team. And they suggested the Bionic Surface Technologies team in Graz, which were already working with some air racers. And I felt offended. I felt, okay, Rebel is not trusting me. And then after thinking about it and relaxing, I say, okay, I accept the help. And after one minute that Andreas from Bionic Surface Technologies, one of the two CEOs, started to talk about the tunnel, I felt so stupid. I realized how much science I was missing, you know, how much knowledge I was missing. I always said, I want to do this project with the hardest plane that you can use for doing such a project, which is an air race plane, because it's the most sensitive machine, the fastest machine is changing direction. I don't want to do it with a plane that flies at 60 knots and very slow and very stable. You know, that's too easy. So I want to do it with that machine and I want to change me. I don't want to be a machine-based project. I don't want to change the machine. I want to change the human. And I completely forgot about the science required to change the human. So how do I change myself? All the training that we have been preparing in the 14 months was based on information that were giving us from the engineering team. So this was helping me a lot because nobody ever done it before. Applying science to my training was the way that I was guaranteeing myself that I did my homework properly. It was very mathematically and scientifically calculated. Lucas, the lead engineer of the Bionic Surface Technologies team, was showing me the graphs and said, Dario, here you're going to react in 250 milliseconds or less, or you're going to crash. And that's it. Now we have to find a way to train myself to become as fast as Lucas is asking, which was kind of crazy because you don't have just to turn around your head in 250 milliseconds, but you have to move your hands in a certain and precise way in 250 milliseconds, so it has to be a control reaction. And this was crazy difficult. At the beginning, when they tested me, I was at 430 about milliseconds. And then we went down to 230 about milliseconds. So we managed to almost half it. But the way to it was really up and downs. To be so precise and fast, you need to take care of all the rest. What you're eating in the morning, at what time you're waking up, how much you're sleeping, how you warm up before doing the test. So every single detail had to be taken into account because every single detail could have changed my reaction time by 10 milliseconds. So it was really imperative to take into account every single details because details are going to make the difference. And in this case, they were going to make the difference between crashing into a wall or not. I had to learn every single centimeter of the tunnel. I had this video that I've done with the car, with the 360 camera, so that I could visualize it. And we were training that every single day with that video in front of me. And I had to train and improve my peripheral vision 
because I could not move my eyes. Because when you move your eyes at 300 kilometers per hour in such a machine, you just go where your eyes go. Everything was planned, visualized, uh, without using simulators. So only mentally was all made inside my head. If you see the video, my eyes are not moving till few meters from the exit. I had planned before getting to the exit, look at your speed, make sure that it's above a certain number. I had a small triangle sticker, which is still there, to make sure that I don't have to look at the number. Just see if the needle is above that, then you can pull hard, get out. I plan to have a celebration roll out of it, as I did. So there is so much behind it. You don't realize it in 44 seconds. The takeoff itself was crazy. I had to take off in a very short amount of meters because I wanted to be out of the first tunnel flying to set the first record. But when you take off with such a machine, full power, the plane just wants to go up like a spaceship. It doesn't want to stay low. So I had to train to take off in a short space, but without using full power immediately. And at that speed, at 300 over kilometer per hour, the distance from the walls was giving me 0.050 milliseconds of reaction in case of mistake. I had no margin for error. I started to listen to my fears and I started to make them become my best friends. And I started to have them suggesting me what I had to mitigate. I said, guys, I need your fears and I will give you my fears. And then we go through each of them every single day and we just tick if we mitigate them. If we don't mitigate them, then we don't carry on till we didn't mitigate that fear. So I started to talk to my fears instead of doing what most of the people say, have no fear. This is stupid. You know, if I had no fear, I would not be here talking to you. Listen to your fear. Understand what they're suggesting you because our fear are based on our experiences. The funny thing is that I remember only three seconds of the tunnel pass flight. The moment I started the engine, it went all in the way that I visualized it for 14 months. My fear stopped to distract me and to bother me. And what started was the flow. Everything else went through in a very robotic way, I want to call it, but it's not a bad thing. So I was doing what I was expecting, except three moments. And these are the three seconds that I remember of the tunnel pass flight. When I got out of tunnel number one, I started to feel the ground effect was pushing me to the right side. And in the tunnel number two, this ground effect was pulling me also. And then another moment was the moment when there was a bird that crossed my path at the very end of tunnel number two. You can see it from the video and you can see the plane going slightly to the left. So when I saw the bird, I just said, I can't react. Whatever you do, you are going to crash. So I just reduced the correction of the ground effect and I let pass the bird to my right. I get out of the tunnel and then it's very, very long 16 seconds where I'm a little bit disoriented. I checked my wings, so I call on the radio. I tell him, I think I'm fine. I didn't touch anything. And then he congratulates. And then after he congratulates, the 16 seconds finish, I just start to realize that I got rid of a terrible nightmare that I kept with me for 29 years and I turn it into a dream and then into reality. And then it's the feelings of fulfilling something like that. Something that you've been chasing for 29 years. I mean, still now when I watch the video, it's emotional. It comes back to my mind what I went through to get out of that tunnel. What I learned is that we need dreams to give 
a meaning to life at the end of the day. I mean, I cannot imagine to wake up without dreams. Even if they will take 29 years to turn them into reality, you really need dreams to continue with the same commitment and with the same force. And dreams helps you to get better in whatever it is, doesn't matter. Without dreams, it's like a life without happiness. Writing down a list of what are your goals for that specific day on that specific journey, I think this helps a lot. I've been doing that forever. I have a black book just beside my bed and every single day I know what I want to do tomorrow. You know, so before going to bed, I have a list of what I want to do. I'm very happy to accept when they tell me you are a perfectionist and I like to be a perfectionist because I think that perfectionism is what makes us being on the safe side. So before I have a flight mission, I simply write down what I want out of this flight, what I want to learn. And every time I land and I look at the plane, I need to have learned something. The day that I will look at the plane and I will realize that I didn't learn anything from that flight, whatever flight it is, then I will stop flying. Because that's the moment where I'm overestimating myself. We should never underestimate knowledge and what other people have done before us. You know, we should try as much as possible to learn from absolutely everything and from everyone. You never know the person in front of you or beside you or behind you, what he can give you. I got so many amazing suggestions from people that are not even pilots or not even in aviation that I could have never received if I was not open to them. It's a rule that I have. If you don't get out of your comfort zone or if you are too much feeling relaxed and comfortable, then you're not creating. And I want to create. I want to give back something to the world. I want to be remembered because I gave something to the world. I don't want to be the guy that just came and played and then left. I want to leave a sign that can help others, even if it's just an inspiring thing, to do something to make life better. 100 years ago, we were not even flying. And the Wright brothers were just flying for a few seconds, a few centimeters from the ground. Now we are going from a continent to the other one and we are going to the space. I mean, who could ever imagine that? But that's happening because of pioneers and because of that pioneering mindset and because of that, I don't want to be in my comfort zone. I want to push the boundaries of my comfort zone because it means I'm creating something that was never done before. And this is how it has to be done if we are aiming to get better, of course. That was the inspiring aviator, Dario Costa. And in Dario's episode, Kate introduced you to the idea of pushing past those natural feelings of vulnerability that come whenever we're trying to master something new and challenging and reaching the learning zone and growth zone, which really are within our reach. So if you haven't checked out that episode yet, it's available now so you can listen whenever you want. Don't forget to subscribe to Mindset Win so you can be sure to never miss a thing.